Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I see on every of us, we've got a great show for you. We have... We have Desia James Lewis in her Hollywood career. She has choreographed and graced stages with artists such as Tracy Ellis Ross, Jennifer Hudson, Jamie Foxx, Kanye West, Stevie Wonder, Mary J. Blige, and many more. Inspired by the candor of Gabrielle Union, Chrissy Teigen and other women in the public eye, the motivational speaker opens up about her experience with infertility as she takes us through her weight journey in her book, The Game of Life. And we're excited to have her on our show today. So welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you guys. It is so exciting to be here. Um, you guys um, have an amazing spirit. I can feel it already. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. We appreciate that. Appreciate um, that. As you know, we're all going through this crazy time right now. Oh, yes. um, how has COVID affected you? And what have you done to maneuver through this new maze that we have? Oh, wow. Um, this has definitely been a peculiar time. Um, I am a homebody anyways. So you know, it affected probably other people that are out and about more than it affected me because I enjoy my home. I enjoy reading books. I enjoy you know, um, watching TV. Um, but I think one, one thing as I see how COVID-19 affected people, uh, put me in a position to just be grateful for life, right? Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is we tend to take it for granted, getting in our car and going to the store, right? Or, you know, mm -hmm. going movies. We take it all for granted because it's it's so accessible to us. And so I think um, that that quiet time and that um, seclusion created and built in some people this sense of um, gratefulness to be in a place to count every blessing that comes your way, mm -hmm. including life, right? Whether it's our <coughs> family yeah. members, yeah. Um, et cetera. So I think if anything, it taught me just uh, to be grateful for even my family that I might not see as much because we're not in the same area, but mm -hmm. to duo or FaceTime them all the time, right? Because, you right. know, here today, gone tomorrow. So I would definitely say it's taught me to be grateful and have a different outlook on the blessings we have of life. Like we were talking about before the show, you know, technology. What great thing do we have here? Now, technology has yes. always been here, but yes. we've never took it. We always took it for granted in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that um, I wish I would have put stock in some of these because uh, <laughs> 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 certain things like Zoom like took off and, and things like that. But um, I think it forced us to be more uh, proactive in engaging <laughs> using the technology that we have, because although we have video on our phone, how often were we really FaceTiming or, or doing Google Duo or, you know, um, even um, going online and presenting ourselves to the masses, whether it's IGTV or Facebook Live or YouTube, it, it required us to make some adjustments, right? Because we yeah. are coming into this new age of technogenesis, which is as we evolve, our, our, our technology evolves and vice versa. And so for many churches or, um, you know, doctor's offices, they had to adjust and, and really implement the technology, which is great because we're yeah. moving forward. You know, that's like even with our show, you know, we launched the show January 2020, a couple months before all this. Yeah. And yes. and it was like um, our original plan was to do 100 interviews last year. And we thought if we could do that, 
that would be amazing. Cause, and we thought that was pushing it a hundred interviews and then COVID happened. And that's mm -hmm. when I, I was like, I knew there was an opportunity for us. Cause I told Sandy, I was like, you know, everything's being shut down. Everybody's going online. This is our time to shine because you know, this, nobody knows who we are. So we started and like, you know what, bigger artists and actors and all that will might actually say yes to a new show that they wouldn't have before the pandemic. Absolutely. So we started reaching out to everybody. Yeah. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year, almost wow. at 400 now. And we've had people like a Randy Travis, Tracy wow. Lawrence, um, the, the actress that played Sheila Carter on Young and the Restless. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> we recently had her on. That was yes, interesting. That awesome. um, so all of a sudden, all this stuff started happening because I took that chance. Got, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be bold and we're going to just contact everybody. And because of that, we we rose faster than we ever thought we could. Yeah, I think that's a, it's, a, it's amazing. And it attests to just when preparation meets opportunity. Right. And so you get into those positions where we hold things in our head of what we could do and what we wish we would do. And then when elements happen that start to stifle or you have a situation mm -hmm. that might, you know, like the pandemic, you don't see it going forward because you don't see it that way. But I yeah. think yeah. to you guys changing your perspective. Right. And pushing it in a different way and look at the outcome of it. And I think that's just a lesson for life is to when 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 things start to happen, let's change our perspective and and, and make lemonade out of lemons that are presented. Yep. To us. <laughs> yeah, yes. because, you know, the, the original plan of the show was to be an up and coming country artist show. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. when all this broke loose, I was like, you know what, I bet we need to just open the door for music in general. Yeah, And then by September, I was like, you know what? We need to think bigger. Yeah. And that's when we started bringing actors on and, and motivational speakers. And we had Billy Osbrooks on not long ago. He was yeah. pretty cool. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden we were like, okay, this is um, a lot bigger than we ever imagined. I mean, God had something here that we just did not know was ever. We didn't dream of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We can't dream of it, right? <laughs> I mean, even the dream that we have is nothing compared to the dream that God has for us, you know? And so here we have this little small idea and God is always pushing us to dream bigger. No, dream mm -hmm. bigger. No, dream even bigger because he is the biggest of them all. We have, you know, our ways are not his ways, our thoughts are not his thoughts. There's no way we could know the plan that God has for us. We just have to be obedient and say yes. And look at you guys, you said yes. And then look at the opportunities that have. Come and now the dream is to have an Emmy winning show. And you have it. Let's start speaking it right now. <laughs> yep, exactly. Emmy award winning show. And it's just crazy. Like when we look back on our past, I know you, and we'll get into your past in just a minute too. But we look back on our past, we can look back on um, where there were, thousands of times where in our 18 years of marriage, I would be, we would be on the street somewhere and I would end up in a conversation with someone. And I'm not talking about friends, not just strangers. And Sandy would know if we're a couple minutes in the conversation, we're there 30 to 60 minutes. No ifs. And, and, and she would get so mad at me sometimes. And, but it, it was just one of them things that is over. To, and I did that thousands yeah. of times. Now we laugh because we look back and we're like, um, oh, wow. God was preparing this show through all those other people. We just didn't yeah. know it. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. So how it. has God prepared you for this moment? 
Whoa, <laughs> that's a really good question. I believe that he's constantly preparing us if we choose obedience over sacrifice, right? And so when I think about writing my book, particularly, um, you know, because infertility can be a very um, taboo subject. And so in saying yes to, you know, letting go of the shame that's attached to it and mm -hmm. being obedient, I feel that that's how God prepares you for the platforms that he said that he has for you. Um, I also think that courage is contagious. So when we step mm -hmm. out in the courage that he's already prepared us through the trials and the tribulations, they just make us bigger and better and, and, and a way to be a testimony to somebody else. So I believe that if we um, take the, all the tests that he has and turn it into the testimony, we're now walking into the full purpose, which he has for us, which is to minister to other people. And I think that everything that he does is preparing us yeah. for what's next. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everything. Yeah, he turns your mess into a great inspiring message. Absolutely. Yes. And that is something that um many of us can't see while we're in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't oh, see definitely. Oh, like, so true. like you're in the mud, right? Um <laughs> you can't see it. It's very cloudy. And I and I, I attested to, you know, going from mountain to mountain. There's a valley in between that we must go through to get to the next mountain. And so sometimes we forget about that because, you know, a society has taught us to glorify the highs. But we mm -hmm. forget about mm -hmm. there must be a low in, in order for us to get to the next high. And I think yeah. all that is yeah. God preparing us. Yeah, we love you too, Emily. Oh, <laughs> yes. We do, hey, Emily. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and and when you look at school, and again, anybody that goes to school, college, that's great. I'm not putting that down. But when you look at how they grade people, it's like if you succeed, when you fail, you're a loser. Mm -hmm. that, and and it's yeah. one of and but yeah, in life, we yeah. don't we don't win and grow we fail and grow forward. Right, right. I had a teacher of mine, um, an acting coach actually, who talked about um, failing forward. That's exactly yeah. what it is, it's failing forward. If you can pick yourself up and attribute that to a learning lesson and an opportunity for you to grow, which goes back to changing your perspective, then here you are ready for the next level of greatness that God has for you. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's simple when you really think about it, but society has taught us something different. And so now yep. you have that element of fear of failure, right? So now we're scared to fail for being a loser or being booed or you know whatever the consequences of failure is, but we do have to change our perspective. Now, now we're failing forward. And you know, we all get down on things. We, you know, we want to be further along than what we are. I don't care who you are, but yeah, sometimes I when I get down, one of my favorite stories to go to YouTube and listen to is Steve Harvey's Apollo story. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard him, that. It's a last 10 minute story, but man, he, where he was at the edge of giving up mm -hmm. and then he gets the phone call for the Apollo. He had no money to get there. Then he gets yeah. another phone call for a, a gig in Jacksonville, Florida, that gave him enough money to get to New York. And it just is amazing story to where he was at that edge. And sometimes when I feel like I can't do the show no more, I go to that 
that and listen to that again. It's like, okay, yeah, that, that breakthrough is coming. Because we all go through our moments of ups and downs. Yeah, highs and, and, and lows. It's, it's like you want your show to rise. You want your motivational career to rise. You want your book sales to rise. And when it seems like it's stagnant for years and years and years, it can get tough. Speaking of that, let's go into your book and what it's about, because that's where the toughness really comes in you about when God says, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you hit it nail on the head and it's it's the middle it's that waiting um season waiting can be uncomfortable when you think about sitting in a doctor's office and you're waiting and waiting and waiting you're uncomfortable you get frustrated you want to mm -hmm. leave and and that's in any situation and so my book is about the journey for my husband and i to having kids, which became a very uncomfortable uh, journey when you don't know what the plan is. You can pray and you can pray and you can pray, but you feel like there is no answer. There is no direction because you can choose to do this and you can choose to do that. But I always pray for the plan of God because I want to follow what you have for me. I don't want to go outside of your will. And so my book formed from that waiting season where I was just writing in my journal about how I felt about God, about being disappointed, about being offended by God, because I felt like I was a servant of the king and constantly ministering and speaking mm -hmm. to other people mm -hmm. and then getting frustrated, feeling like you're not answering my prayers. Here I am working for you mm -hmm. and feeling like you're, you're not hearing me and that sense of entitlement um, that we tend to have. And so I kind of scroll down everything that I felt and 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 God starts to heal me in my waiting so that I would learn how to wow. wait well. Yeah. There is a way to wait. It's what you're doing while you wait, which really matters. And it doesn't yeah. mean that yeah. the back inside is going to be a happily ever after because I <laughs> write my book for and happily ever after. When I was in the thick of it, I was reading books behind books behind books and everything had a happy ending. And I felt God tell me, I want you to write a book for those that are in the middle, that those that oh. are still waiting, they're gonna close your book and still be waiting. So I ended it with a prayer and to, for let, to let people know that I'm here with you. I see you and we're waiting together, but we're gonna wait well. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me over 13 years ago. Yes. And the first five years of our marriage was really hell on her because of those addictions. But you know, she never nagged me, put me down. She mm. always uplifted me, was my cheerleader. She did everything in that she could to make me feel like the man I needed to be instead of man that I was. And sometimes when we tell our story, sometimes people would say, oh, she lets you walk over her. Like, no, you don't understand. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. If it weren't for that, I don't think I would be alive. And here's the crazy part. Back then, I remember clearly after he healed me that he gave me the name Inspired Marriage and, and that we own that domain and everything. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to have a marriage ministry. Right. And for years, nothing would happen. We thought, I thought, you know, we're, we're serving in the church. We're doing right. this. We're doing that. had this idea no, 10 years ago. Nothing's coming yeah. with it. Nothing's coming with it. And then in 2018, I actually thought oh, I got to speak on stage about five, six times yeah. that year. I said, oh, Lovely. God's finally opening the doors. And then they all got shut. And we're just Woo. sitting there like, what's the world going on? And at the same time they got shut was the launch of this show. 
Oh. And so all of a sudden I thought we were taking another turn mm -hmm. and just going a different direction. But now that as we look back, I'm starting to realize, okay, we're making certain connections that we would have never had. I have a feeling the marriage ministry is still coming. It's just a few years down the road yes, that the road. we build this, then the right connection so that then we go now when we talk about marriage, people yep. are, oh, not only did we go, get through 19 years of addictions, not only was it hecked on her, but we're also got a nine-year-old right now and a two-year-old where if we'd have done it yes. back then, we wouldn't have had that. So now we're getting way more experience on all sides of marriage. All, on all fronts of marriage. And I do, good for you, Sandy, assignment. It's an assignment, right? To stick right. in there and, um, and do what we're called to do by any means necessary. I think that that's amazing. So I applaud you for being obedient um and that walk because that can be a difficult walk and i'm a firm believer that when we get it when we are desiring something in our heart like the marriage ministry or for me writing a book and getting the platform to really speak of what you know god has embedded and imparted into you to speak to the masses that it can be frustrating because you don't see it manifesting you don't see it happening the way that you thought it would happen. But God always moves from the back to the front. It'll never be how we see it, right? Um, mm -hmm. if, if it was, it wouldn't require us to have faith for it. And yeah. I believe totally oh, that if it's not the desire of God, then he will remove that desire from our heart. So just like you still have the desire to do that, that, that uh, marriage ministry, and I have the desire to still have kids, I believe that God is working it out and it's going to manifest in his perfect timing and in his perfect will. And we're learning so much in the middle so that when we're ready, exactly. that full preparation um, and, and ready to deliver because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is um, an inheritance gained too soon will be lost in the end. We don't want anything right. before our time. We want to be fully ready to embrace everything that God has for us. And that sometimes require us to go through the mess. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the crazy thing is, you know, I would I'd never imagine one day moving to Nashville. That was farthest from my thing. But we wanted to move to Florida. Of course, there's a reason oh, for that. Yeah. And for many years. And it was, it was like all these years we couldn't. And we go to Jacksonville a lot. I, I consider Jacksonville, Florida, kind of like the best kept secret of Florida. Nobody yeah. thinks of Jacksonville as Florida. But it's amazing. It's amazing mm -hmm. there. And so we go there a lot. But I ne we never would create meaningful friendships there. Yeah, relationships. And all of a sudden, about a year ago, I was telling Sandy, you know, because of this show and all that and things we've done in the past, like, you know, most of our contacts are in Nashville. What if that's where we're supposed to be? Because we all, we want to do what God said. And we're, so we're sitting there, started looking at it, was started looking at Nashville and things. And we're like, oh, in fact, we just visited there a few weeks ago for the very first time. Oh, yes. And we, and so many things happened that God really showed us we're supposed yeah. to be there. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, the publishing capital of the South is Nashville. What mm -hmm. do we want to do? A marriage ministry with books and all that. So again, it's like it's all starting to tie together. And, but, you know, even with Joseph, look at him. You know, he, he spent how many years? God told him this. And yeah. it didn't happen until he went through a lot of pain. A lot. The pit, the pin. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, every story in the Bible is like that. You know, ex, you know, even Jesus took, what, 30 years before... Yeah. 
his ministry started. He's Jesus. Yeah. He's Jesus. I know. Right? <laughs> Here we are complaining about six months. <laughs> and I used to be one of them. You know, you see people on Facebook and I disagree with this now. I see on people, people on Facebook, they'll post, you know, if you're pursuing something and it don't happen right away, it's probably God trying to block it. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's the other way around. You know, because everybody that I've ever known make it in any career, they went through a lot. It's usually a five year plus journey on average and mm -hmm. many times way more than that. Yeah. And, yes. and so and I think that what happens is people quit too soon. Like we we yeah. have failed at like a hundred different business ideas. And we try this and try that and try this. Nothing but, works. And yeah. here we are yeah. finally, yeah. but we learned with from each thing, and that's what's happening with this is all of a sudden we're here, we're with you, and yeah. we're just like living something that we never imagined. Imagine, yeah. And 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 I feel that if you could imagine it then it puts you in a place to where you're complacent. You can get very complacent because this becomes the thing that you have envisioned in your head. And then you won't allow God to shift or move or change it in any other direction. And when mm -hmm. resistance comes, we tend to equate that as, oh, that's not the route I'm supposed to, to be. No, when resistance comes, you got to stand up and you got to say, ah, why is it hard to open this door? What is behind this door that God mm -hmm. wants me to rely on him to open? Because I think it's sometimes we try to do things in our own might and that, yep. that's why they're not working. But if we're fully surrendered to God, he will open that door no matter and how he hard. Get, and he'll goes. get credit. And he'll Cause, get the credit. Because <laughs> like with our show, I've got podcasters that's been podcasting for, say, five years. Yeah. That, that private message me a lot. We've only been doing it 16 months. And they're like, how are you getting some of these guests you're getting? And because we've got one of the Backstreet Boys coming on soon. Oh, yeah. Like, later this month. And his wife. And, and his wife and son. Yeah, and, and it's going to be about the family. Mm -hmm. And um, and so they're like, how are you getting these people? And I'll be, I'm, I'm honestly, don't I don't know unless it's all God. <laughs> Oh, because because you know that's the only my only explanation and and sometimes as you read the bible and you go to church and you do this and you do that and you listen to sermons you start to realize there are some things in your life yeah. that you have to do that looks crazy that looks impossible mm -hmm. but with god it'll happen and all of a sudden other people that have watched you for a few years will say how is that even happening to you i know you Mm -hmm. And and what he wants us to do is give him all the credit. I was reading that today in the prayer of Jabez uh, devotional by uh, Bruce Wilkinson um, that I'm reading. And God wants us to walk in what is impossible, not because we did it, but because someone else is going to ask that question. And it's our opportunity to minister and say, oh, but it wasn't me. Okay, let me tell you how that paper of God opened that door. And I believe that that is how the blessings continue to come and they'll continue to uh, drop into your lap. It's because mm -hmm. you're denying mm -hmm. yourself and you're giving him all the glory and all the honor, which is what he requires of us. He wants yeah. us. He wants it requires that faith. Yeah, it requires that faith and it requires you, um, it's the scripture, not by not by uh, might, not by power, but by his spirit. You know, yeah. we mm -hmm. can 
opportunities by the spirit of God. And so give him his his due diligence, like what's due him, which is not nah, I didn't do this. OK, that's you know, that's like I was called. I remember at the beginning uh, before we met because she was from Kentucky. I'm from Georgia. So uh-huh. back in 2002, we met online. And of course, back then it was taboo. It's not like it is now. Yeah. yeah. That's the norm <laughs> like and I remember um, we met February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone for the first time February 4th. We <laughs> set a wedding date February 18th and we met in person March 4th. So here it is. We were meeting in person to see who God brought. Because we both believed this was a God thing. We both believed that. Yes. And as things happen through our marriage, which is eventually one day as we tell our story, people will know there is no way God was not part of our story. As we look back, we're like, oh, you know, wow. You know, it's even, yeah. there's so many things that's happened even before we met to when we met to since we met. You know, yeah. it's, it's just been crazy that God's been there that whole time, even when we didn't believe he was there. Oh, yeah. 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 He's always here. And sometimes, um, you know, like I talk about in the book, you don't feel him. You might not feel that he's actually behind it. But his revelation, you know, when he like you said, over the years, you're like, oh, that was him. That was him back then. You know? Um, yeah. Because What's the game that, of oh, the, the game, game of life. The game of life. And yeah, that's God. That's God. Mm-hmm. And we can get into situations where we don't feel him present. We present. We don't feel him working because we're human beings that naturally or innately do what we want to do. The things that we think of. Mm-hmm. But the revelatory mm-hmm. moments comes 10 years later. Right. When you're like, oh, that one thing that I did led to this. and led to this. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the whole time. Yeah. I you. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I remember um, I, I felt like God told me my wife was online. I would meet her there. I, everybody thought I was crazy back then. <laughs> but I remember um, I ran a site called inspirationforeveryone.com. I, I, you know, I, I looked at all these quote sites and back then they were crappy looking. And I was like, I could probably build something better than that. So eventually I did. And here's oh, the wow. funny part to our story is I built this site called Inspiration for Everyone. Um, September of, o- of 01, I remember I found this Christian single site, had like a 14-day free trial. I thought, hey, great, I'll jump on it. I won't pay, though. No, I'm not paying. <laughs> and then after the 14 days is up, I'm like, okay, I- I'm not still not paying for the site. But I'm like, I would love to stay a part of it. So I remember I had this crazy idea, again, I think outside the box. I emailed the web person and says, look, if I become an affiliate of yours with our main site, um, would you throw in a free membership for me? And he, and he responded back and said, well, we, we've never done that, but depending on your traffic, we, um, I will consider it. And, I, and at that time we had 35,000 visitors to the site in the first six months. Now that's big back then. Nowadays it wouldn't be as big, but back then that was really big. That's really big. So he emails back, says, you got yourself a free membership. Go on and do it. Set it up. Tell me your username. So I did. Six months later, I met her wow. on that site. But didn't it take faith to send that email? All they can do is tell you no. <laughs> that, that was what I. That's what I always say. All they can do is say no. All they can do is so say. So, what are a few instances where, in your past, mm-hmm. where when you you stepped out on that faith, not knowing anything, people thought you were crazy, but yet God performed. Moving to Los Angeles, 
Oh, wow. um, growing up in a small time, town, I'm from Galveston, Texas. Um, and there can tend to be a small town mentality of, you know, be a doctor, be a teacher, be a lawyer, the traditional jobs back then it, that they encourage you to do right out of college. But I had this unction in my spirit that there was something more for me. And I had been dancing my entire life. And um, I decided, I told my mom that I was going to leave, that we can shake hands and make a deal. I would get my college degree. But as soon as I graduated, that I was going to move to Los Angeles to pursue my career. I think if I did not try, it, it required me to take that leap of faith. And I, yeah. she did not yeah. believe me. I packed up my car <laughs> all the way to the top. I had my map quest, map directions in my passenger seat. And I drove from Texas to Los Angeles and wow. my mom wow. was shocked. She was like, are you kidding me? And, you know, as I backed out the garage, it became a reality to her that I, her baby girl was leaving. And it was a huge leap of faith. But I do um, attest it to being obedient and, and listening to the voice of God, because that takes a, a posture of prayer, because mm -hmm. I want to be in line with the will of God. And I felt that in my spirit that he had me covered. I had yeah. to follow yeah. my peace. My peace was like, oh no, you'll be fine. I got you. But if there was anxiety, I probably wouldn't have moved, but I had a, a sense of peace. I got a job the first day that I was there. I got an apartment the first week that I was there. After three months, I was in production school. Wow. And six wow. months, I was a production assistant on Dream Girls. And then mm. I started back dancing mm -hmm. and my career just shot off in less than a year. And I oh, know that's amazing. That's the obedience aspect, mm -hmm. though. I believe it's because um, I allowed myself to surrender to God's plan. If this is for me, yeah, yeah. open up the door so I can clearly see the route that you have for me. Close every door that is not for me, because at that time, my faith is still maturing. So I can easily walk into a door that might not be necessarily the door for me. So my prayer at that time is just close every door that's mm. not for me until I hear and know your voice all the time. Close the door. And the rest is history. I believe that that leap of faith or any leap of faith, you're going to be tested with two things to jump. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or to drown. Oh wow! Right. You're gonna jump. Are you gonna be complacent? And you're gonna ultimately just we drown. jump many times. Yeah, <laughs> jump, <laughs> jump, jump or drown. You know, one element is that you know by you jumping and taking that leap, I believe it requires God to step in, like do something so big that. If God, failure is an option, if God doesn't step in, like I want it to be that big to get into like, no, we're going to jump for God. We're going to jump. And the reason why I use the word drown is because people get complacent and they don't dream. Yep. So they drown mm -hmm. in mediocrity, you know, or if that, they dream, but then they don't move forward. It's even worse. And it's even worse because then you have, you know, um, resentment. The shoulda, coulda, wouldas, what you wish. And then you'll you'll wake up one day and be a certain age and just feel like you didn't do anything with your life. No, jump. I don't care if you're 60, jump. If you're 80, jump. Yeah, we got a big yes. jump that we're doing by next spring of next year. And yes. you know, I don't, and again, it's going to be God. It's going to have to be God. Uh -huh. um, we're doing 
our first ever, you know, you, you look at a lot of these different cities, they have like your 40 under 40, um, mm -hmm. your 30 under 30. You never see 40 over 40. No. We're doing the very first Nashville 40 over 40 professional and business owner in their careers for Nashville. We don't even live in Nashville yet. So we're, we're pulling all this together while we're still in Savannah because this is going to be our introduction for Nashville business owners and professionals to meet who we are through yeah. this event. That's and, we're going and I'm scared. I'll be honest, I'm scared to death. Yeah, and, we've yeah. never done anything. And it's funny. Before. God will close, like you said, God will close some doors so that you can focus. Because I remember um, I was like, well, the music industry loves us in Nashville. So if this flops, my here's my thinking at first. If this flops, we're probably still good to go. And then all of a sudden, I get this. Uh, one of my Facebook friends connected me with because we were looking to do a charity event with it to be a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Connected me to a nonprofit because we were looking for something to do with kids for the to have the nonprofit partner for mm -hmm. the event. And oh, it was a perfect fit. So he ends up being one of the biggest songwriters in Nashville. So we're sitting here like, okay, well, God just shut that door. So if it doesn't work, both yeah. sides are going to hate us, you know? Right. So I guess we just have to go and say, hey, it's all God. Yeah, it's all God. Yeah. Take the leap. <laughs> Take the jump. All day. <laughs> you know, so when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments you're like, wow, you've got to do that? Oh, I've got to do that. Um, write a book. Um <laughs> And the reason why I say I, I have to do it is because it I never thought I'd write a book. And so when I, well, look, I never thought I'd write a book, but then I thought I'd write a book. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, you know, when I conjured up my journals, because uh, it, it actually happened one day I was just in prayer mm -hmm. and uh, the Lord just led me to go back and read an old journal. And I was flabbergasted at the audacity that I had to talk to God like that yeah. and, um, wow. and to no longer be in that position. Right. Because it's hard to read journals from five years ago because you're just yeah. not there in that in that dark place anymore. And me feeling like I'm not alone. You're not the only person that has felt like this about me. And I need for you to let the masses know of my character and who I am in those dark moments. And so, you know, grabbing the journals and then God telling me that this is a book and me not knowing how the heck to do this. <laughs> I went to classes, you know, and, and called it a pantser. So I guess the pantser is when you uh, just have all these pages and they're not in order, right? And then the oh, planner wow. is the person that writes the outline of the book first. And then starts to write the book. Oh, well, wow. I have answer. I had no outline. Just, <laughs> for you just had the meat. Just yeah. had the meat. <laughs> no structure. That was the most difficult part. So to see, I wish I had all those stacks of papers. If, if you could see the stacks of my drafts, okay, oh, wow. from the crap. And I say crap because it was crappy. I, and I used to cut, you know how you can cut and paste on Microsoft Word? Yeah. I would yeah. cut the paper <laughs> together. <laughs> oh, this goes with that part. And this, because you got to see it. So the wow for me is like, I cannot believe that that 
is all in here. Like wow. that is wow. in a structured manner. That <laughs> six years to get to. Not only that, self-publishing, like not knowing how to bring it into distribution or if it would even sell, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I remember like putting out the pre-sale, like, hey guys, I wrote a and sold out of the pre-sale. I, I couldn't even oh wow. Like oh, wow. my part of the pre-sales, like, oh, get this amount. I had to go above and beyond that. But God told me specifically that this book was gonna be good, not because of me, but because of him. He had something he wanted to say through me. And every day when I wrote, I quoted the scripture, um, God, you are a pen of a ready writer. Wow. So I am ready, use me, Lord. So I would deny myself in every element of writing this book. Yes, it is my story, but in telling my story, God wants to reveal his character because we get so disappointed and in, in seasons of despair when things do not work in the way that we think that they should. But there is this negative enemy force, whatever you want to call it, that is working against us. It is a resistance yeah. aspect mm -hmm. that we forget that there is an enemy that the Bible says comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you might not feel that in a literal sense, but the sole purpose is to steal your hope. Because yep. if he mm -hmm. steals your hope, you steal hope, you can lose everything. You lose okay, everything. You are no longer effective for the kingdom if you have no hope. Your hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it comes, it is the tree of life, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite scriptures. Yeah, <laughs> makes the heart sick. And, and I think that's when we get into that place of despair. And for me, that was at um, the place of agnosticism and really starting to question whether God was even real. Wow. And wow. I had to go through that season to get to this wow, because now I'm on the other side of this wow. And I, when I hear people, oh, the first chapter, they see, I, this is me. Oh my gosh. And I am like elated because it shows me that God was telling the truth when he says, no, I'm going to, there was nothing wrong with you feeling the way that you felt. But I do want to use the way that you felt to minister to other people that are feeling the way that you felt. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and that's like um, we're writing a couple books right now, but one of them is called Broken Together. Mm. And it's about basically it's a book because, you know, when two people marry, they're both broken. At mm -hmm. just different levels, they yeah. both might think they're healed, but there's no you're not healed till you get to heaven. You yeah, know? they swear everybody's yeah. healed. <laughs> yep, and people don't realize that when they argue in their marriages, um, that they're almost never arguing about their current circumstances. They're always arguing about their past experiences, mm -hmm. and that's what that book's going to be about—about about trying to break those chains of. And it's been a heavy book for me to try to write, and I—I've been yeah. writing like about probably six years. But it's one of them things where people don't get that. Um, you, your life, your past has created who you are today. So when two people are communicating, when we are like face-to-face -face talking, she sees through her eyes, I see through my eyes. And in most cases, they're not the same if we have different pasts. And even if we yeah. have the same past, we yeah. still see it different. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes it's not even 
based upon well there is this this um element of the past and then there is this model home mentality mm -hmm. that we perceived in our mind of what marriage should be yeah. whether it comes from this is what my parents did or i yeah. didn't have parents so i created what this should be so there yeah. is a model in our head and, and then our expectations are built on that model on well, that expectations exactly mm -hmm. you know you structured in your head so when you get into marriage and you're like, oh, I ain't signed up for this. <laughs> you know, start to dismantle those yeah. ideas and those conceptions that you have formulated in your head. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to put it because you have to break yourself down in order to be uh, uh, at a place to receive your husband and or your wife. You both There's a submission on both sides to the past or to learned behaviors and things like that so that you can come together as one yeah. and take life to the next generation of marriages, which we totally need right now. Because what happens too is, you know, you let's say you got a husband and wife and let's say that the husband, they, they get in the argument. So he jumps in his car to just cool off. That's his way of mm -hmm. venting. So he don't snap. She might see it. Oh, daddy left. Every yep. boyfriend I ever had left. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden you just woke out that door. He's leaving too. So now, yeah. now when you come back, there's this wall here mm -hmm. and it's going to take forever to bring that wall down. Cause now she can't trust you because now you're just like daddy. You're just like X. You're just like this. And this is why I always tell people, I don't know if anybody's ever taken me up on this, but I think I don't care if you want to write a book or not. I believe every person, especially if they're married, should sit down and write out their story from the moment they can remember their first pain, not, not their first joy, but their first pain and write it from there to current and, and here and make it a minimum of 50,000 words. And here's why I say 50,000, because if, if you don't make it at least 50,000, you'll write the good, you'll write the bad, but you won't write the ugly and the ugly is where you'll grow. Wow. 50,000. That's a book. Yeah. But when, <laughs> and see, and the great thing is when it's your story, you know, the story, you know, the it material, don't, you know yeah. if you sat down for one hour a night, you could have it written in 30 days mm -hmm. because it's your story. You know, so exactly. again, I tell people, I'm, I don't care if you don't want to write a book, it don't matter. This will unlock so many things within why you are, because so many things when I, when I sat down and I was trying to write my story out for, for a book and mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. that led to that, which led to that. All of a sudden I started putting so many pieces together yeah. that I yeah. never realized. Yeah. And I'm going to say it sounds difficult, but when I think about it and how much I journal, I probably have but that's why I say 50,000 yeah. words, because again, it's easy to write the good. It's easy to write the bad, but it's, you don't, you, you're not going to dig into where it matters, which is the ugly part of your past. And yeah. then once you have that, you can share it with your spouse. So yeah. now all of a sudden the spouse can say, Ooh, that's why he, Mm -hmm. does this. Yeah. That's why she yeah. acts like this when I say that. And all of a sudden now you've got a communication bond between the two that like you never had before because they know each other's past. Cause, cause when we, when we met online, although it was eight months before we married 
and she was in Kentucky. All we had was the phones, and we spent five hours a night on the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we knew. All, so we kind of wrote a book to each other over the phone. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And that that's a very long time to be on the phone for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I talked a little bit about that um, in my book. It's your perception of your reality. Um, how you see things. And for me, um, you know, outside of just the marriage element, for me, what I started to see is that I looked at my heavenly father the way I did my biological father, who tended to fail me in certain areas. And so when you're disappointed, you know, with your heavenly father, I, you know, I started to equate that, you wow. know, with, with mm-hmm. our biological father. So that's why I said it's important for us to know the character of God and learn those characters. Because as I was writing my 50,000 words, right? <laughs> and um, un- un- enveloping this uh, sense of disparity that was deep down, despondency that was deep down, the triggers were my biological father. Wow. That I can mm-hmm. know, you know? And I, you know, I talk about this one story of calling God, God all the time, God, God, the mm-hmm. Father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, but looking at him, looking at God as this big untouchable entity and yeah. forgetting yeah. that he's my daddy, like yeah. my daddy. But if I've never said those words in wow. the natural mm-hmm. sense, then I did not compute what yeah. that was. Yeah. To call no my heavenly father no 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 daddy no you are you are my daddy you know and so mm-hmm. then it goes back to like you know what you were saying it, it, abandonment is what you you know we're talking about when if the husband keeps walking out that wall comes up that feel that feeling of abandonment becomes a trigger you know mm-hmm. right and so for me abandonment was me calling and you not answering or you saying you were going to do something and then you not following through. So now I equate that to my heavenly father. No, this is what you said in your word, but Mm -hmm. I don't see you doing it. I'm now equating it to the same type of natural sense when my, when my, my natural father did not deliver. And so God has dismantled all of that in my perception of him, because he is not man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. So him and my father don't even remotely go into the same boat. <laughs> Most definitely. That's just like, you know, you'll never see your spouse the way God called you to see them until you can see them through God's eyes. Yeah. And asking for that too, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Asking for God to show you who he is now and who you've called him to be so that you can speak life into your husband and that you can let that be that she was a master at that at the beginning of our marriage. Oh, she had to be. That's why I said assignment. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Sandy needs to write the book for all of us because that's because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't you know, and she and she's asked me in the past, um, would I have done the same thing? And I was like, You want me to answer honestly? I'm like, no. And again, you know, that's one of them things where I have to work on, but I don't think I would have back then, you know, yeah. would I now? Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm a different person now, yeah. but I, but it was like during that time, it was like next, next, right. you know, if, you know, but my next led to her. 
right? But to whom much is given, much is required. So she had the capacity to hold you when you didn't have the capacity to even hold yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that that is an amazing um, revelation of her calling on her life of who and what is she to be to you. That's such a testimony, you know, because sometimes we don't want to step into the, the place of assignment if it makes us sacrifice us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I have yeah. to be, I, we're selfish by nature, we're selfish. Yeah, nature. So to I sacrifice know. my time, you know, my money, my patience, all of that to save one, that's only the love of God. <laughs> That's only the love of God, you yeah, know. So us, I mean, she even moved down to, for, to Georgia for mm. this marriage. Yeah. So, yes, so it, like it's from, like she sacrificed yeah. everything and was sacrificed. And, and, and again, I know that God had had his hands here because I remember six months after we married, my, my mom passed away. And that's when I really went downhill. That was when I went yeah. full force into everything. And I remember at the funeral. My grandma came up to us and went to Sandy and says, thank you. And Sandy was like wondering what's thanking her for. And she she said, you know, Chris's mom, the last six months of her life, all she could talk about is how great her life has been since Sandy's been part of it. And I that told me right there that, yep, this was God all the way. We had to move so fast as we did to give my mom that her last six months of happiness. Wow. Sandy, we're waiting for you to teach the seminar. Okay. Teach us us your ways. (laughs) And it took someone with such a pure heart as her to to break mine down because there's no, you know, if, you know, a lot of women, they'll snap and nothing wrong with that again, because, you know, they don't want to get walked over. I get that. Right. for my heart at that time in my life, I've been through from molestation to right. so many other stuff. All the, past pain. all the past pain was so built up in me um, yeah. that it took a pure heart yeah. uh, to, to soften it up so that God can finally reach back down in me and say, yeah. uh, say, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And, and I also feel that <clears throat> That is what he requires of most of us mm-hmm. to administer to people. But we are so uh, broken as people that we cannot offer that. So when you know people like Sandy at, at that particular time, I feel like those gems are rare. You know, th- those gems are rare. And um, I, I applaud you for standing in there as a woman of God. But... Um, yeah, to whom much is given, much is required. So I love that story. You guys continue to share, share that because it's it's healing. Even me, uh, we'll be married ten years at the end of this month, and um, it's inspiring to hear that, right? Because it does require sacrifice, and for you to show God's love to His people and both sides. You know, and a lot of people don't realize that when you marry, I believe that God wants to heal each of you through each other. That's the part people that, you know, there's a reason that you marry somebody and they get under your skin. God's <laughs> trying to get under your skin. God, yeah. there's, a, there's a purpose there to pull all of that pain out of you, out of you. so right. that God can now heal you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you've been that to her as well, but oh, in a absolutely. different season. Yeah. 
right? Yes. Um, and I, and I, a lot of areas in my yeah. life. And they're not usually the same season because when one is strong, the other tends to be weak. So exactly. it's, it's different times, different times, you know? So, you know, I, I think that again, that puts us in a place of obedience. Like that's the word I just keep hearing is like, no, I need for you to be obedient because someone's life is at stake. Someone's yeah, life. Your obedience is always tied to somebody else's miracle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So when I think about that, how many people are not walking in a miracle because we haven't stepped into obedience? Mm. Mm. A lot true. of people. Yes. <laughs> now, as you know, a lot of people, they see um, you, the artists, the um, actors, all that, but they don't see the teams behind the people. And in our opinion, teams right. never get the love they deserve. They don't. So if you want to take a few minutes just to tell us about your team. Never. Oh, I thought you meant the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> because as a choreographer, we never get our flowers. You know, <laughs> we never get our flowers. We always illuminate the artist. We all, yes. So I thought you meant from the other way. I'm like, yes, give us our flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but my team, oh man, oh, my best friend is what I call a ride or die. And um, this book is here because of her and she, oh, is an, she is an editor she mm -hmm. is a writer and to be able to give her my most vulnerable places in writing and her not judge it knowing that she mm -hmm. knows how to write really well yeah. um it's such a safe place to be and um all of the content that i put out I, she is my sounding board for sure yeah. Um, wow. And so I appreciate uh, her and her vision and always pray that God will do exceeding abundantly above anything that she can ask or think of because of the blessing that she has been to me and, and just um, exalting my company before herself right. sometimes. Mm -hmm. right. hours. <laughs> and, um, she's rock solid. Uh, one of the rider dies for my team. And then, of course, my husband. Uh, is also a part of the team who is it he thinks he's my manager like that's what he thinks right <laughs> but uh, another great sounding board and support my family I would say my family is my team and then behind that are just you know the agents and the managers and the publicists and like they're yep. love that we love the publicists we do they are they amazing um and then I think what I had to surrender to in building that team is control because uh, I are controlled. You want to control. You want to control everything. Um, and I think sometimes um, when you know the calling of the mantle on your life that God has told you to do, there is this sense of working in excellence. There's a fine line between excellence, excellence and perfectionism, a yep. very fine line, very fine line. And so I had to surrender things that I were I was not proficient in. If this is not where my skill lies, I had to learn how to surrender it to somebody who does this for a living. Like yeah. trust yeah. them that they'll get it get it done without me hovering over their shoulder or telling them to send it to me so I can make sure that you did it the way I did. <laughs> exactly. um, yes. I think I've learned regarding my team. Learning to the right team. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> and again, that goes back to prayer because I'm like, God, close the door. If I'm not supposed to work, <laughs> close the door. I don't want to even think about it. And if I do, then make it so clear to me that I walk, you know, in that path and that the uh, mm-hmm. the team we um we rub each other's back. We um yeah. iron sharpens iron, you know, and mm-hmm, and exactly. one the other grows and there's this constant building of an empire. Um, so I do have an amazing team. Um, let me give them all their flowers right here on the Chris and Sandy show. I love you all. Okay. <laughs> and you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host we that we bring do. on a little nine-year-old. Sandy's going to go get him real quick. Yeah, and ask his okay, question. And we got a, We've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show. We are a family affair show. I was just about to say, this is a family affair, right? And you know what's funny about that? We actually created a name, Family Affair Media. Really? Yeah, I like it. I mean, you're going to win my heart with the kids. Oh, I already love you too right now. He's our secret weapon. He's a secret weapon? Our secret sauce. The secret sauce. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is amazing. <laughs> and you have what's uh, their their names? Well, it's, um, well, he's Christopher. He's nine, and then Kate, and the other one's Caitlin, and she's Caitlin. two. She she's asleep right now. Okay, okay. Oh <laughs> man, that's amazing. I love it. But, but yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey and all that with all this and trying to run this show and do odds and ends side hustle type stuff to build an income to keep us afloat while we build this show balancing yeah. family and yeah. balancing marriage all that i tell you now yeah. i know why the marriage ministry had to be put on hold for a while so that we could go through all this yeah so that because then now we got more clout when we do yeah. launches oh my gosh hello christopher hi daisy so what's your favorite food my favorite food is italian i love chicken parmesan and i love pepperoni pizza mm. and what's yours Pizza. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. What kind of pizza do you mean, like? Uh, pepperoni, sausage, and supreme. Oh, that's my. That's what I'm talking about. Me and you can have a pizza party any day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, my favorite TV show right now is um, All American. It is a football movie. Um, it's based on a, a, a it's based on a true story, but it talks about a, a football player that uh, grew up in Crenshaw and trying to navigate um, his circumstance um, and creating a success for him and what that means. Oh wow! And yours? Okay, uh, mine is SpongeBob. SpongeBob, I can totally see that. What do you like about SpongeBob? Uh, um, Who's your favorite on uh, SpongeBob? Uh, Patrick. Oh, Patrick, everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> What's been cool is we have a lot of, um, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows. So we've been able to bring a lot of um, the actors from those shows onto our show. Oh, awesome. That's what's up. Have you ever heard of Fresh Beat Band? Uh, no. Okay. I did that show too. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I think it was on Nickelodeon. I'm not, he's gonna be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we brought a couple people from Side Hustle on. Oh, awesome! That's really dope. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Coming to America with Eddie mm. Murphy. Yeah, that's it a good movie. Oh yeah, old classic, but the new one just came out. Coming. Aren't to you America. in that one? 
and I am in that one. So it is amazing wow. to actually be in the classic that is actually my favorite movie. Oh wow! <laughs> it's yours. Uh, the Minions movie. Oh, the Minions. I, you like yellow, huh? SpongeBob. Minions. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What, I got one for you. What's your favorite uh, subject in school? Uh, uh, reading. Oh, nice. What's your favorite book? Uh, my favorite book, uh, the Minions. Uh, <laughs> he's got a Minions book. <laughs> Minions book right now. He's okay, reading. Cool. That's what's up, Christopher. I, you're, you're funny. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Bye. <laughs> that is a secret weapon that'll make yeah. you smile right there. Yeah, he's been in almost every um, episode. We've been, you know, done so many of them now. And it's not been on every, but most of them. Yes, yeah. most of them he has yeah. been. See, and, I love it. And I'll ask, is this the last Yeah, question? last question. All right. Like, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known and remembered for? Ah. I thought it was going to take me long, but it didn't. Um, I want to be known that she was a vessel that God truly used, that I denied myself and walked in obedience and care and love for other people's salvation um, over my own. Love that. And what's going to be last, but I'll end it here. Yes. What advice would you give other people who know they have a book in them but mm. have not started writing? Mm -hmm. Leap. Take the leap. You know, we talked about the leap earlier. Um, it's impossible if you think it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But if you retrain your thoughts and reframe your mindset and make it easier by eating it one piece of it at a time. How do you eat an elephant? Not that we're saying we're going to eat elephants. Okay? <laughs> right. One bite at a time. One Any bite at a time. And it's just changing the mindset and reframing it and getting it done by any means necessary. There are going to be days when you want to write. There are going to be days where you're not going to feel like writing, but take at least an hour. And even if it's just a blinking cursor and you only yeah. get one word in, do it. And that is enough for the day. Yeah, we do a daily show and there's days I don't want to do it. But you know what? We get on and we do it anyway. One show it at a time. One show, one at, a show time. at a time. To that Emmy Award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so. love it. I love it. So tell everybody how they can get your book. Oh, you can get my book, The Game of Life, Releasing the Weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, When God Says Weight, W-A-I-T, on Amazon. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. It is a very special book. Um, it's not necessarily for those that are just going through um, infertility. It's for anybody in a waiting season, and it will teach you how to wait well. You can also reach me on all of my social media platforms, which is at Dacia James. And of course, my website, DaciaJames.com. Love that. We awesome. really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look forward to having you back. Absolutely. Call me anytime. You, Christopher, Sandy, all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much.